And then we're going to tour the area, and we have to be back by 11.45 because the children are out of school. At 11.45 Friday, and then Monday through Thursday of next week for the parent-teacher conferences. Um, so, a lot of people have told me they're coming, so we really should have a good group come. I think it's really a neat experience to be able to kind of just take the whole church over. So, I am planning on getting those little uh, plaques that you want and two of them will be for the my girls from you all for Christmas I want to get some to myself for gifts I've already given two of them as birthday gifts they make really nice little gifts because I think I've told you this before we're so limited in what we have in our PX uh, you said something on the tape and I did not understand to what you were referring and I wrote it down it's five of you sitting at a table for six why didn't Sylvia Mounts go to the dinner? And I, for the life of me, I don't know what that refers to. Um, you said something, about, I've got glory and praise here. Evidently you were talking about using the glory and praise in your church. And I was going to tell you, you know, I'm hoping to use more of them in our church too. In fact, one of the girls and I did a solo, or not solo, did a duet. Um, the Sunday after we got back from Birch's Garden, she had sung in the choir with me, so I asked her to sing with me at communion, and she did. And then I introduced two songs uh, last Sunday. One was the entrance song, and then one was we did a communion. I just had the people sing the antiphon, and I did the verses. Uh, your share of the supper club sounds nice. That was brought up as an idea in one of our seminars that I attended at the conference about doing that and even maybe doing it just to include the lectures to be in this to discuss the Bible and things like that and we were discussing ways to get the men involved in the parish and something you know the women have these conferences and everything and the men are really kind of retarded in their faith in military parishes because a lot of them don't have anything so I'm hoping we'll be able to get some speakers or, or something in Trite don't you pull that out Look, pick up all your cookie crumbs off the floor. Um, no, you have not sent a tape after uh, 8.23, August 23rd. You did repeat a lot of the stuff that you had said in your tape. You asked again about um, Christmas suggestions for my kids. I told you about scout stuff for the girls. Namely, they could use those long-sleeved, solid color um, pullover shirts that go with their uniform. Uh, Lauren could also use a book bag for Christmas. In fact, I saw the one she would like and I made a notation of it to let you know. It's in the Sears catalog, their wish book, the Christmas catalog. It's on page 151, number 17, it's a Smurf book bag. Uh, it's $5.99. She is really into Smurfs right now. She just loves Smurfs. I gave her for Christmas, I gave her a Smurf um, sweatshirt, but it's got Puffina on the front because in Italy, Smurf, Smurfs are known as Puffy. Pufina is the girl's, it's Smurfette. Pufo is the, uh, you know, just a boy Smurf, just Smurf. And Smurfs are poofy. 
In fact, they have some ice cream where we go get the ice cream there at the train station called Poofy. And it's, uh, they have this kind of turquoise and, and the pink. And it's terrible. The kids tried it once. They didn't like it. And it's called Poofy. Now, in Germany, the Smurfs are called Schlump. But um, she likes anything Smurf. I also got her when I was in Germany at the um, stuffed animal factory. I got her a big Papa Smurf stuffed animal. She's got the little Smurf and the little Smurfette, but this was a big one. So I think she'll enjoy that. Well, so that's all I've got to mention to you that was on your tape. Uh, I'm glad you all had a good time visiting your daughters and uh, getting to see so much and do so much. It's nice that y'all were able to, to come and go like that. Um, not everyone is doing okay. What is you are you going anywhere over Thanksgiving? Wait what are you planning on doing for Christmas? Trey, I don't want you to play with that, please. Mommy is trying to talk and I can't talk when you're trying to type. I've got the typewriter here beside me and he wants to play on it. Like he wants to be a regular pill. Uh, you're gonna get spanking, my boy. Did you hear me? Um so what else is new? Well, Jim and I are going to a sissy this weekend. The general from Vicenza is coming down, and Colonel has planned another one of his gala events. He's coming in Friday, and uh, the officers in the unit are going out with him Friday night. I don't know where we're going yet, but we're going to some restaurant. And then Saturday, we leave bright and early to go to a sissy and come back Sunday night, so it'll be an overnighter. Mike DeLuca is taking us. He is, he is, from what I understand, is the tour guide for a sissy. He really knows the area well, and he's made arrangements and everything. And originally there was, Trey, quit. Go play, in your, you've got to go put those blocks up, remember? You played with before nap time? Um, he was planning on doing a tour for the community through the chapel this coming weekend and we had planned to go on it and then he moved the tour back a week to the, to the following weekend and over the three-day weekend and we were real disappointed because we had already planned to go up to Cherea to the furniture factories on that Friday because they're only open half a day on Saturday so as, as long as it takes us such a good while to get up there that Saturday is really out going up there. We really need to go on a weekday, so we were planning on doing it Friday. And um, so we weren't going to be able to go on the tour. So when this came up, this extra tour, because the general being here, it was just, you know, kind of the answer to our prayer, so we're going to get to go on it. The halls are going to keep the kids from Friday afternoon to Sunday night when we get back. What Jim and I are going to do Friday night is we're going to... Um, spend the night in the lodge on post. I don't know if I had told you about this or not, but Jim's was responsible in a large way for getting, um, well, they call it, it's called the Sea Pines Lodge. It's a lodge built on post to accommodate people coming in and out and people visiting and this type of thing. And it's got like 20-something uh, units, I think. And they're really nice rooms. Um, bathroom they're built like little cabins not 
built like little cabins and that the uh, each one is a separate unit in itself but they look don't look anything like cabins if you know what I mean but they're prefab type things and the rooms are really nice they sleep four and each one has a bathroom and it's got its own little refrigerator the only thing doesn't have a TV which would be nice like a Holiday Inn but it's got knotty pine furniture in it and they can put extra cots or cribs or whatever in there and they've got a desk and uh, there's going to be a main room with washing machines and dryers and uh, there's a meeting room type thing off the reception area and there's a kitchen there that you can use so it really is a nice um, nice place and the grand opening will be uh, the weekend of the three-day weekend which was another reason why we couldn't go on that Assisi trip then when uh, the chapel's going because Jim since it fell under him, the building of the lodge and everything, there'll be a lot of dignitaries, generals and that type of thing here and with the grand opening and he will have to be here for it. So, but the colonel wanted him to spend the night in it one night before the grand opening to see how it is. And uh, so we decided that would be a good night to do it. So we're going to spend Friday night in the lodge, but it's really nice. It only um, rents for $30 a night, no matter how many people you have in it. And we're hoping that we can stay there when we leave next June. When uh, we have to move out of the house, it will be you know, inexpensive for us. Plus, we'll be right there on post, which will be convenient with the kids in school and all that. So, uh, like I said, it, it really is a nice, nice little area. They built it over there. Remember where Putt-Putt was? So it's next to Putt-Putt. And... Uh, They've, I noticed today they've got the greenery and the shrubs up around it. It's nice. So that'll be the weekend after next. We'll probably be all busy with the grand opening of the lodge. Um, looking forward to going to Chirea, though, on that Friday. I want to get coffee table and cement tables, maybe a curio cabinet or something. I'd just like to pick up a few pieces because this will be our last chance to go. And Of course, there are a lot of people who have heard us talk about it, so they want to to go with us when we go and see where it is. Uh, seems like there was something else I was going to mention to you and I can't remember what it was. Oh, I was going to talk to you about assignments. Uh-oh, I must be the kid. Well, the girls just came home, whirlwind of activity. Um, I'm fully expecting the Matthews family to start coming down with chicken pox next week. Um, last week, the little girl who sat next to Lauren at Brownies all afternoon came down with him the day after Brownies. The little boy who sits next to him at school got him last week. And Lauren just came home and said half, half the kids in the other first grade are out with chicken pox. And this morning I was at the thrift shop. And one of the ladies in there said she had been over to the hospital this morning and they had six cases of chicken pox come in. So it's making its way through the community. Um, they had an outbreak of it right after we got here last, well, right after we got here a year and a half ago. And now it's back again. So um, we had to get it at least, you know, our families can please, they'll all get it. Uh, but I think the incubation period is something like 14 days. So I'm really looking for Lauren to come down with it about the middle of next week. And then probably Susan, Lauren and Susan and 
pray, maybe two weeks after that, I just hope they're over it by Thanksgiving because we're planning on making reservations this week to go up to northern Italy to ski over Thanksgiving. Jim called me about final arrangements, found out that they have babysitting in the hotel there for $15 a day. And of course the girls will be on skis, we'll rent them skis and take up. We may end up putting Lauren, having her being watched part of the day. I don't know if she can last all day on skis or not. But two other couples are going up. They both have young babies under a year. You're taking them up there and planning on letting them be watched. Uh, so that's our plans for Thanksgiving. But what I was going to talk to about when they came home was you mentioned, Trey, now be careful with those. Um, you kept saying, we'll know where we're going in December. I don't know where you got that from. It'll be after the first of the year before we know our assignment. Um, Jim, of course, has been asking around, trying to figure out where to go. He's been working on his, what they call the dream sheet. You send in where you want to go. I don't know why he even bothers. We've never been sent to a place yet that's been anywhere mentioned on it in 12 years. But um, we have kind of narrowed it down and the possibilities look pretty good that we will be going someplace in Georgia. Um, Jim wants to go to a division. He's been thinking he needs to get to a division, which as you know is where the big troop concentration is. And there, I don't know, maybe 10 of them, 10 or 12, all located all over the state. Um, and that was number one on his dream sheet. The other second place he wanted to go was um, one of the major commands. There are three major commands, Forcecom, TRADOC, and someplace else in the Pentagon. One being Atlanta, one being Fort Monroe, Virginia, and one being Pentagon. The colonel told him he could get him, assure him of getting any one of those three places. His best friend is in charge of assignments for these three areas. If Jim wants to go to either Atlanta, Fort Monroe, Virginia, or the Pentagon, let him know and he will get the assignment for him. Uh, and then Jim's third choice is D.C. Um, so the fellow that Jim was Jim Sergeant Major here in Darby left to go to Fort Stewart, Georgia back in June. Jim just got a letter from him this week saying he's pretty sure he can get Jim in as assistant AG at Fort Stewart, which has a division. So Jim right now is going, he's going to try to get Sergeant Major Edge to get him into Fort Stewart, Georgia, which is Savannah. Uh, barring that, that can't come about. He's going to see if, um, I believe he's going to see if Colonel Doolally, what's his face, La Posada can get him to Atlanta. That. Uh, La Posada said really Atlanta was better than the other two places, Fort Monroe and, and the Pentagon, as far as the major commands. So it looks like right now it would either be Savannah or Atlanta. Um, I'm not saying anything to his mother about it because she'll get it in her mind that we're coming to Atlanta and if we don't come then uh, she'll be real disappointed. 
we had talked about Atlanta and both of us kind of have mixed feelings. We really would rather go someplace we haven't been because, you know, at this point, Jim's only got um, six years possibly left in the service. And we feel like we really haven't been that many places. And we kind of would like to go someplace we haven't been before. Plus two, we don't know really where we'd live in Atlanta. We would be out because around the, the area there, Fort uh, McPherson is it's a run-down type area. It's kind of all black, and you know we wouldn't we wouldn't live in the same neighborhood that we had lived in when we were there previously. And you know we also don't want his parents or his mother visiting every weekend or expecting us to be over in Birmingham every weekend like they do with the Legrand. So it's it could create some problems for us to be there. Uh, so right now Jim is leaning toward Fort Stewart in Savannah, which he would get his being a division, which is what he really feels like he needs the job career-wise. Uh, he should be getting his... Oh, Lauren just knocked over my crystal basket. About to get her fanny spanked and she broke it. Well, it's now a couple days later the 3rd of um, November, it's almost 10 o'clock in the morning, so I figured I needed to go ahead and finish this tape up so I can get it in the mail tomorrow. As you just listened to that, Lauren knocked my crystal basket over that I had sitting with the silk flowers in it on the coffee table. Instead of coming home and putting her lunchbox up and hanging her jacket up, she dropped it on the couch and laid on the couch and started just kind of swinging her legs around and knocked it off. So I paddled her once on the bottom. Not necessarily for breaking the vase, but for not doing what she was supposed to when she got home, getting herself in trouble. So I had to take some time out right then and go pick up glass and vacuum the living room. And I figured, shoot, well, I've gone ahead and gotten the transformer out, the vacuum cleaner out. I may as well vacuum the whole house. So I went ahead and vacuumed everything. And then it was time to get ready and go to church. Uh, so let me tell you about church. It was really nice. Uh, I had the mass and we had the bishop and the bishop from Livorno who he left halfway through because he had a big mass in the uh, cathedral. And we had three priests, including our own there. And it was really nice. Father had the um, altar all decorated, <coughs> excuse me, all decorated with the uh, Barred potted plants from the club, and he had a big centerpiece of flower arrangement. And he asked me when I came in, I got there early to practice the music with Tim. He says, well, How does it look, Mary? What do you think about it? And I, I asked him, I said, Oh, well, kind of like a funeral home. <laughs> and he, uh, so everybody that came in, he says, Does it look like a funeral home? <laughs> And I told him, I said, Father, it really doesn't look like a funeral home. It's just that we're used to seeing, you know, just a couple potted plants up there, and it's kind of bare-looking. We're not used to seeing all this greenery and flowers and everything. But he wants to have cut flowers up there every week, and I don't blame him. It would, it would look nice to have it up there. But the mass went well. Um, I thought my singing was pretty good. It was adequate, I guess. People came up to me afterwards and said how nice it was, which really made me feel good. Um, then afterwards, we went over. We had a little reception there at the uh, Mert Hall, and then we went over to the club for dinner. 
we took Susan with us, which was probably a mistake, but we didn't have a whole lot of options. Um, the two youngest ones were in the nursery where they had dinner, but Susan would have missed dinner by going to Mass, and she had to get to Mass. And, uh, you know, it was just so, too much of a hassle to try to bring the kids home and have a babysitter waiting and all that. So we took her to the dinner with us, and the only other kid there was Matt LaPasada, and she was an okay kid, but she, was, she got bored and tired. And then we were invited over, the two of us were invited over uh, to the bishop's uh, room for liqueurs after dinner. But I just kind of went over there and said my goodbyes and then left because I needed to pick the kids up from the nursery. As it was, I didn't pick them up from the nursery till quarter to ten. They were the last ones to leave. And then Jim came home about 15 or 20 minutes later. Uh, but it, it was a nice event. I think everything went very well with the bishop being here. He seems like a very nice person. As I mentioned before, I had met him and talked to him a couple of times in uh, Birch's Garden. Uh, so what was I saying before Lauren knocked over the thing? You know, I, I went and I listened to this tape so I'd, I'd know what I said and wouldn't be repeating myself. Okay, what I was talking about was where our next assignment might be uh, and that Jim's supposed to get his uh, officer evaluation report from Colonel LaPasada this month. It's his rating month. And he's really hoping for a super-duper one. Uh, you know, I think he's done a good job. He thinks he's done a good job. But the colonel, what the critical thing is, is I, don't, I may have mentioned this to you before, um, you're, you're rated by two people. You're rated by your immediate boss who writes up a narrative on you. And you're rated by your the senior boss who also writes up a narrative but who places you in a block as to how you rate among your peers. Um, so Colonel Mounts is his immediate boss and Colonel Laposada is his big boss. So in the blocks you have one block, two block, three block, four block, five block, six block, I think down maybe to seven blocks. The first block is you are in the top 10% of all majors that he has rated. Second block, top 20%. Third block, top 30%, 40%, 50%, you know, and, and down like that. So it behooves you to get the best number you can there. Well, um, Jim has gotten, first time he was rated, he got a two in Indianapolis by Tinker. He got a three. No, he got a four in Vicenza um, by Colonel Miracle. And Colonel Miracle wrote in his narrative, he said that he had been rating people too highly. See, what they do in the senior rater, they keep a profile on them. And like if you rate everybody ones, then, you know, your one doesn't really mean anything. If you rate everybody ones and twos. But if you rate most people, say fours, fives, and then you give a one or a two, that's really a good block. Well, evidently Miracle had been given mainly ones and twos, and so he was concerned that his profile was too high. So he wanted to lower his profile and start giving some lower grades. So he gave Jim a four, and, but he wrote in the narrative, he said, I, the officer does not deserve this lower block. I'm trying to lower my rate of profile, and that's why I gave it to him, which 
when it comes right down to, it's really a very crappy thing to do to somebody. As Jim, and he did this to another major who was there at the time too. Uh, what all he had to do, Jim said, was to write Department of the Army and say, hey, I realize my, my profile has been too high. I'm starting a new profile, so start a new record on me. But he didn't do that and said he screwed over a couple people. So then when Pond rated Jim, he rated him a three, which was not good according to Pond's profile either. So Jim was, did not get good ratings out of Vicenza. Well, when La Posada rated him last time, oh, it was not a good three from Pond because Pond had given, I think, well, it was the lowest. I think he'd given all ones and twos, and three was the lowest thing he'd given. Uh, whereas La Posada rated Jim a three last time and told Jim that he was giving him uh, a three, but he considered it a good mark because I think La Posada had only given one, one above, he'd only given like one major better than a three in his rating scheme. So a three for La Posada is good because, you know, when you rate 10 people and you have one, two, and say two threes and the rest are below that, then, you know, that's, that's good from that officer. So anyway, Jim is hoping to get a one or a two this time from La Posada and and uh, he told him when he, he got the rating, he said, you know, he says, well, I'm satisfied with the three you gave me for now. He says, but what do I have to do to get her one or two next time? He says, you know, because I, I want one. And uh, so La Posada said, you know, I really appreciate your honesty, and this is what you need to do to improve. So hopefully he will, will get the one or two. Um, so plus this is very critical as far as his making lieutenant colonel because he feels like the two colonels in uh, Vicenza, he really got a raw deal from. And he really needs a couple or three good reports since then. Uh, after that, before he's looked at for uh, to make lieutenant colonel. Okay, so what else is I was talking about? I've told you about the chicken pox, told you about the trip to Assisi, which almost got canceled um, because when they had this earthquake in Turkey this week, we were having to ship out a lot of aid packages from here. As you know, our post is mainly a quartermaster post and we store things, uh, supplies, ammunition, this type of stuff. And uh, so we're having to move out a lot of stuff to Turkey. In fact, a friend of ours went down with it uh, to take it. I don't know how long he's going to be down there, but he left yesterday afternoon. So we were thinking it may go into the weekend that they were going to have to be moving things out. And if that had happened, we would have had to call off the trip and call off the general coming. But it looks like they moved most everything out yesterday. So the trip is still on. And y'all have probably been reading, well, I know you have, all about Lebanon and, and everything that's been happening there. And it has affected us to some extent in that we supply a lot of the things that the bullets and things like that are coming out of here. All the ammunition is coming out of here and we've had a lot of um, activity going on in our post moving things into Lebanon. Um, also, we've, all the caskets have come through here for all the soldiers that died and everything and we've of course exhausted our supply very quickly and had to try to get more in from all over the place, never thinking, you know, you'd ever need that many caskets in this area. 
but it's been really sad and uh, of course all the stars and stripes has had in it just about has been Lebanon and then Grenada too uh, very little other news of other things but now they're getting to where they're rehashing everything which is uh, stars and stripes tends to do they rehash a lot of stuff and print stale news but our paper has been mainly taken up by that and job-wise though it hasn't affected Jim any other than you know he has had to double in fill in for the colonel in some cases because the colonel has been having to play soldier and not post commander um, but I'm glad you know in times like these that Jim's not a marine and that he's not in combat um, branch as you know he could be moving out and going places like that too so glad he's staying home and pushing his pencil I have been looking for the animal inlay you wanted I did see one in Florence last Friday of birds. It was the first time I had ever seen birds done in a wood inlay, but I still haven't seen any animals yet. And Mother, are you aware, you said you wanted a yellow and green tablecloth, are you aware that just about all of them will be 100% cotton, which means you have to iron if this is what you want. And you said you wanted a nice inlay for Uncle Chuck. Well, I found one at Bruno's. It was, I believe, 48 mil which would translate to about uh, $32. Is this too much or what? Let me know. So, <clears throat> you know, I can go back and get it. She said you wanted to get him, you know, a nice one. Uh, I can't really think of anything else. I think I'll stop here and let the kids say something when they come home. Oh, one other thing I thought of. I told you about getting a book bag for Lauren. Susan can use a book bag, too. Um, she showed me where hers has a hole in the bottom and the handle spraying very much and it looks like it's on its last legs. But don't send her a Smurf one. Also, I need some gift suggestions, Mother, and I need them soon because I'm trying to get all my Christmas gifts boxed up. What to send to Grandmother and what to send to Daddy. So please let me know ASAP. And you know it's when Dad left her goodbye. Bye! Grandma and Granddaddy, I love you, Grandma and Granddaddy. Hi, Grandma and Granddaddy. I'm, I like my school. I like school so far. And there's going to be a parent conference meeting. My parents can come. And in the eighth, I'm in an eighth grade reading group. And uh, we're going to do a play in front of the school. And I have to be a boy's part. But it's going to be changed to a girl's. Right now, I'm typing up the play so I can read it. Try and stop. And I just got through having my piano lesson. I learned lots of new songs, especially when I like it. a movie thrill. It's la 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 la. Hi, Grandma. That was Trey. And I was just listening to Barry Manila's songs when my piano teacher came, so I had to have my lesson. I learned all sorts of new songs. I can't wait till June when we leave. Goodbye. Love you. Trey, come and talk.
1983, and it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon here. Uh, Lee and Spencer's eighth wedding anniversary. In fact, I was just thinking before I started this tape that eight years ago, Susan and I were in Mobile for the wedding and flying home and then flying back and thinking about getting back to Munich and what a bright, clear day it was when we got back. Nostalgia, nostalgia. Uh, it's a bright, clear day here. It was kind of nice out, but it's gotten real windy now, and so I know it, it's probably feeling a little cool, but I think temperatures have been in the 60s lately, kind of mid-60s. At least it's good for getting the clothes dry on the line. I've got a couple loads out now. And we haven't lost leaves yet. A few of them are dropping, but fall is not pretty here. There's no change of colors. The leaves just get brown and drop off the trees. Um, but it's, I said it was 2 in the afternoon. Trey's asleep. He didn't have a zelo today because it's All Saints. It's an Italian holiday. And the girls are in school. They get home usually quarter till 10 to 3, so they should get home before I finish this tape. Uh, we have a bishop visiting here today. So we're having a special mass this evening at 5.30. Uh, the bishop is he's an American bishop stationed here in Bonn as part of the military vicariate. And he's a fairly new bishop. Bishop Roque is his name, R-O-Q-U-E. He's only been a bishop since like May. He was in the army. He was a colonel in the army. And um, they tapped him to be bishop, so he had to retire. I met him at conference in Birch's Garden a couple weeks ago. And uh, Jim had lunch with him today as part of the colonel's staff and got to meet him. He came in this morning, and he'll be here overnight. So there's a big mass this afternoon at 5.30. And the bishop will be there. The bishop from Livorno will be there. Um, there'll be the chaplain from the Italian Air Brigade will be there. Of course, our pastor will be there. Uh, pastor from San Piero Agrado will be there. I don't know if there'll be any other priests or not. So they've really gone all out for it. Then there'll be a reception afterwards um, in Mertz Hall for the parishioners to come meet the bishop, which just reminds me I need to go make some onion dip up because I was going to tell you they want you to bring hors d'oeuvre type foods. So I was going to take some dip and some bugles. Kids call those, by the way, they call bugles fingernails because they put them on the end of their fingers and they say they look like fingernails. But um, I was going to take that, so when I finish this, I'm going to have to go make that up so I can sit. It needs to sit a few hours. And then after the reception, it will be a pay-as-you-go dinner over at the club, the tune of 6.50 ahead. So Jim and I will be going over there. We'll take Susan with us. Lauren and Trey are going to be in the nursery. The nursery is staying open until 9 o'clock tonight, and they'll feed the kids over there. So we'll just I'll just put the kids in this afternoon. I'm going to going early so I can practice the music with Tim and hopefully everything will go off okay and my responsorial song will be okay it's not one of the, the prettier ones we've ever sung but it'll do 
Uh, as usual, been busy, 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 and uh, that's why you haven't heard from me. We went to Heidelberg back early in October and uh, left on a Saturday morning, went up, drove up and spent the day in Milano and uh, got to see all the things we wanted to see. Jim wanted to see The Last Supper particularly. And we went and saw it. I was not aware that it was a fresco and it, I thought it was a painting, but it's a fresco done in an old refectory in what used to be a, a monastery type thing and badly in need of repair, but a, a really big thing too. So we saw that and then we went to La Scala and Trey was, was asleep, so Jim just parked the car and Susan and I went in La Scala and uh, it was really nice. They had a, like a little museum there, but we didn't really have time to do more than just kind of peek in it. But uh, the acoustics are beautiful in La Scala. There was a woman there, and we were in a box seat looking out of everything, and she started singing aria from Madame Butterfly, and it just was beautiful. And then she was, uh, a few minutes later, she was in the box seat, a couple box seat, um, seats down, and she started singing, and it just, the sound just carried really pretty. And, uh, of course, when I got back to the car, Jim said, well, Mary, why didn't you sing something so you could have, you know, said you sang at La Scala? But uh, Susan was real funny. She said, well, you know, what, what's so good about this? I said, well, it's, it's the most famous opera house in the world. And uh, she said, well, is this all there is to it? But it was really pretty. Everything was done in plush, deep red velvet. And it was, it was nice to see. It's something I've always wanted to see, so I was glad I got to see it. Uh, we went to the cathedral there. I think he and I, Jim and I were both most impressed with the cathedral. It was just um, beautiful. It looked like the something you'd see in France with all the spires and everything, but it was a huge cathedral, very pretty, especially on the outside. It was just really nice. And then we drove north that night thinking we'd spend the night around Lake Como. But Believe it or not, you know, this, I always say this never fails to happen. Whenever you're looking for a hotel, you can't find one. Well, we drove around and around and around and did not find any hotels to stay at. Uh, we stopped at two places that we saw, but they did not have anything to accommodate us together, uh, which is what we had asked for. And so we just didn't see you know, you would think in that area, it's a resort area, you'd see hotel after hotel. I don't know if we were in the wrong section or what. So we started looking at 5, and about 7 o'clock, Jim said, or close to 7, Jim said, this is ridiculous. He said, let's go back to Serrano, where we had stayed with your parents, and uh, we know there's a hotel there. We know it's reasonable. We'll go back and stay there. Well, so we drove back there looking for, you know, remember that church across from it with the statues and we took a picture of catching the morning sun? Well, would you believe we couldn't find the hotel? We drove around that town and it was the hardest town to find your, your, uh, to take yourself around in. We just, we kept getting lost in it. We didn't know where we were. And uh, finally, we found a new hotel, and we stopped there. And they could put us up. They had, they didn't have any adjoining rooms. 
uh, I took what uh, Trey and Susan in one room, and then Jim and Lauren were on another floor even. But by this time, we'd taken us been looking for a place for three hours, and we said, you know, just forget it. So we finally got checked in and had supper and everything. And then the next morning, we set out to find this place, and it was way on the other side of the town. And it took us a while to find it because the roads were just really crazy. Um, but we did find the place, and it was still there. And uh, still looked the same. So then we drove up to Heidelberg, and we got up there that afternoon. We drove through Switzerland, which, of course, is always pretty, but the weather was not nice going up, so we didn't have that much of a view. We got up to Heidelberg, and Jim went to the transit billets there at the housing area and found out they had a room for us at Crest. Oh, he had found out before he left we were supposed to stay at this place called Crest Hotel. So we found out where it was. It was not far from the housing area there where the club was located where he was going to have his conference. So we went and checked into the, went and got to the Crest and a real nice, you know, modern like Holiday Inn type. And Jim said, well, do you have a reservation for me? And he says, no. And I thought, oh, goodness. And he said, well, could you put me up? And he said, yes, because Jim said at billeting that a couple fellas had come in and they were telling them at billeting on post that there was nothing available, that there were just not any rooms to be had. Everything on post was full at the transit billets and uh, that everything in the area was full. So when he, he said he didn't have reservations, my heart just kind of sank and I thought, oh no, and everything being full. But he said he had could give us two adjoining rooms, which is what we wanted. And uh, Jim said, well, how much? And the fellow said, well, for uh, you and your wife, it's 185 francs a night, I mean 185 marks a night, and for the children it will be 135 francs, I mean marks a night, and this was for four nights, so he said he could put us up, and the first night, however, the children's room would be free, so it would only be 185. So I am mentally, you know, doing calculations and came out to the nice total of that room. The two adjoining rooms were going to cost us $125 per night. So I didn't say anything. Jim and I went and unloaded the car and uh, brought everything back into the room. And I said, you know, how are you going to afford this? Four nights is going to cost us $500. And uh, he said, I said, doesn't it do anything to you to think of that? And he said, well, Mary, he said, I just about dropped my teeth when the fellow said how much money it was going to cost, but we can't do anything tonight. He said, you know, we've got to have a place to stay. The man at billeting told me everything was booked in the area. We'll just have to see what we can do tomorrow morning. So we checked into our very nice adjoining rooms, each room with color TV, refrigerator, pressing machine for pants, uh, you know, just really nice, but we didn't even have an extra bed for Trey. We had to put Lauren and Trey in the same bed. Both rooms had two twin beds. They both had nice bathrooms and everything. It was very much like a Holiday Inn, but at that 
price, you know, that was outrageous. So um, we went ahead and had dinner that night, a nice German restaurant. And uh, the next morning I took Jim into his conference and went by billeting and asked the fellow, did he have any place cheaper for us to stay? And he said, well, how much are you paying a night? And I said, over 300 marks. And he just, you know, kind of gulped and his eyes kind of shot up in his head. And he said, well, he said, let me look. He said, come back around lunchtime. So I said, fine. So as I was leaving, I saw Jim and he said he found out that we were not supposed to be staying in the crest, that we had reservations at the Holiday Inn and it was only going to cost us $95 um, a night, which was about $37. So I said, great. So he said, go quick go check out of the crest, get all the stuff together and go check into the Holiday Inn because they're supposed to still be holding our uh, reservations. So I went and checked out real quick, you know, got the kids up, got them dressed, uh, got all the suitcases loaded, paid the bill, and he did. He only charged us for the one room, which was nice, even though we weren't staying the four nights, and uh, went to the Holiday Inn, which was probably about, I don't know, five miles from there, but down the Audubon, and uh, they still had our reservations and checked in there, and the room was equally as nice, only we just had one room, but it had two double beds in it, but I kind of missed the Holiday Inn in the States with two king-size beds in it, because we put all three children in one bed, and poor Trey kept, every night he fell out at least once, the girls were kicking him out of bed, but it was, we had the color TV, and we had the refrigerator, and they had the ice machine, and you know, the girls really did like all the neat things they had. Plus, they had an indoor pool, and we took them swimming two nights after supper. But uh, they had to go in their underwear because uh, we didn't know it would have a pool. We didn't think to bring swimsuits for them. But it only, you know, a fraction, a third, less, more, less than a third of what we were paying at the Crest Hotel. So it, the trip ended up not costing us too much after all. And we had yucky weather while we were there. It was cool, real cold, and rainy. And I really should have brought the kids' ski jackets. I only brought their lined windbreakers, and I really should have brought more clothes for them. That's been my luck. I have dressed wrongly for every trip we've taken to Germany this year, or every trip just about we've taken, period. I haven't dressed them warm enough, but I just did not expect it to be that cool in early October. So, um... Jim was busy with his conference Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and my friend up there was um, busy. She had not gotten my letter until just a few days before we got there, and so we only ended up going out to dinner with them one night. I didn't do anything with her. I did see her at the shopping area one day, and she and I sat down in the snack bar and chatted for about half an hour, but didn't get to do anything with her and uh, because she works for a travel agency. And she said, you know, this was just her really busy time of the year. There are two times of the year that she's real busy, and this was one of them. She was um, all busy with clients and sales personnel and this type of stuff. So I didn't get to do anything with her, and I was hoping she would you know, take me around and show me some of the shopping places. And I told her I wanted to go to the French PX, and she explained to me how to get there. So one day I went out to the French PX with the children and um, found another place that was listed in a shopping guide, got out there and then no, just to find nobody was home, which was a real disappointment. And uh, of course I spent 
almost two full days going through the shopping area there on the um, the American shopping area. They had Toyland and the PX and the commissary and a shoe place and all kinds of little shops and beverage shops and this and that. And I bought a lot of Christmas gifts for the kids and different things that they needed. And uh, bought the girls moon boots and, you know, just a lot of sundry type things. Trey was a holy terror. I think his problem was he was not He's used to being out and being active, and he was confined, and so he was just impossible. Pitched a fit at the club one day and just laid there on the floor and just pitched a fit. And, you know, I just kind of ignored him, like, <laughs> who does he belong to? Uh, but he was really horrible. But uh, enjoyed all the shopping, and Heidelberg was very easy to get around in. And enjoyed going out to the French PX. It was French PX and commissary are in one building and they're very small. But I bought some French wine and I bought some French bread. They sell it just like they do in France, you know, all the bread bread just standing there, not wrapped or anything. And so I bought a big loaf of that. And of course the kids and I by the time we got back to the hotel we'd eaten half of it in the car. And I found Mooley graters there. I had been looking for Mooley graters. Um ever since Shelley had been here. Remember, uh, you bought me one at the Mayday Market in Terenia, and Shelley and Vera admired mine, and so I had been looking for one to get them. And they had them there um, at the French PX. So they're a stainless steel type thing, so I bought one for Shelley, and one for Linda, and one for Vera. And uh, what else did I buy? Seems like I bought a few other type things. I bought, oh, I bought some French candy chocolate I'm going to send you to mother it's bar chocolate I was looking for the box type stuff but they didn't have any and I bought some tea and the reason I went there was to get Jim some B&B &B, the liqueur B&B &B. he really does like it uh, no Benedictine Benedictine's what I went to buy him they have B&B &B at the class six which is brandy and Benedictine but he likes the plain Benedictine and it's they just don't carry it in the class six I think they have it in Naples at the Navy PX BX, but they don't carry it in the, over here in the PX system, the Army system. So I, my friend Jackie had told me that that's where they got there, so that's where I had gone out there for, and they were out of it. Um, oh, and I bought some French cheeses, too, which we hadn't even opened yet. Um, so then we left there Thursday morning and drove home. It's a long day, long drive. And then Friday and Saturday, I caught up on the laundry and, and cooked in preparation for me departing on Sunday. So Sunday morning, left bright and early at 7 o'clock to go to Birch's Garden. Took five other ladies in the car with me. We got up there in about nine hours. And we got up there a day early because conference didn't start until Friday af until Monday afternoon. So we spent Monday touring Salzburg. I introduced them all to Mozart candy and, and bought you some. Every other store in Salzburg has Mozart candy. And found out Mozart candy is cheaper in Salzburg by about four cents a piece than it is in Birch's Garden. Um, but we enjoyed Salzburg. We did some shopping and uh, some touring around for the day. And a couple of the girls had never, well, I don't, 
several of the girls had never been there before. One of the girls had never even been to Germany. In fact, this was her first trip away from her children ever. And her oldest little boy is in second grade. But um, so it was, it was a nice, nice day. And then, of course, we had the conference during the week. And it was just, the conference was really fantastic. It's a shame you were not over here in October to go with me to one of them, Mother. I think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, it's just a very uplifting um, type experience. You come back on a very emotional high, and I guess is the only way you can explain it. And um, we met another one of our group there. When we got there, she'd already been in Germany with her husband, so there were seven of us ladies who attended from our parish. And we just had, had speakers, and we had seminars, and we had some beautiful liturgies. And we had a healing service, we had prayer service. Um, I got anointed. I'd never been anointed before. Um, we had a penance service one night, and no, we had a healing service. I guess we had, yeah, we had a healing service is what it was called, and we sang songs. I was in the choir again, and I think we had songs, and then afterwards, several of the priests um, were ministers of the last rites. Well, no, that's not what they called it. Not the men, men, well, yeah, maybe they did call it the last rites. But they asked all women who uh, were pregnant or who had just had an operation, who were going to have an operation, those who were ill in, in mind or body, you know, to come up and be anointed. So I wasn't going to go up. But then I saw all these other women heading up, and I thought, golly, well, if everybody else is going to do it, I'll do it too. So um, I went up, and they anointed on, they had holy chrism, and they anointed the cross on both your palms, and they had laying on of hands, and there were a lot of women up there, you know, and um, laying on of hands, touching other women with on the shoulders and the head and everything. And um, like I said, it's a real emotional um, experience. A lot of these women really get carried away, I think. I've, I'm not that um, demonstrative, I don't think. Well, I know I'm not. Not as demonstrative as a lot of them. And, uh, but I went up there and, you know, got anointing, sacrament of anointing. I guess that's what they call it, the sacrament of anointing. And then left to go back to my room rather than stay around. And darn if on the way back to my room I didn't get the most horrible cramp in the ball of my foot, I thought I was going to die. And I thought, good grief, you go and get anointed to cure your body, and then you get this terrible cramp in your foot. And it took me a while to get rid of it. I tried, you know, normally if you walk on a cramp, it helps, but found after about three minutes of that, walking was the worst thing I could do. And finally when I sat down and took the pressure off of it, I was okay. But I just thought that was quite ironic. But we had a... Uh, kind of a charismatic type service too. I, the one they had last year, people really got carried away in it, and I just I didn't stay for it because once they started talking in tongues and all this other stuff, I just thought, hey, this is not for me. But it was more subdued this time, 
uh, but people were coming up to give testimonials and, and this type of thing. It was really interesting, but then again, I'm not, I'm not that demonstrative about my religion or about anything really, especially around people I don't know. And uh, so I was just, you know, not really my type of thing. But it, it was really interesting, some of these um, things the women expressed, and a lot of them were very eloquent. Um, like, but like I said, it was, it was interesting. And uh, what else did we do? We had one free afternoon where we went to Birch's Garden. Four of us went to Birch's Garden and toured the shops and went and had pastry. And uh, So it, it was really a nice trip. We had the banquet Friday night, and then we left Saturday morning, drove all the way back. And, he, and Trey just woke up. Come here, sweet boy. I'm making a tape to Grandma and Granddaddy. You want to come say hello? No. What woke you up, huh? What woke you up? Something. What was it? Did Mommy's voice wake you up? It did? I'm sorry. So, um, but it, w it really was a wonderful week. We brought back a couple of the, well, three of the tapes, of three of the speeches we brought back, three of the talks, and some of the books. They have Redemptorist Brothers bring a lot of books and pamphlets and things. And I brought back some of those. Father had given me a, a check for $100 to um, buy any types of things like that that I saw that to bring back to the parish. So I brought pictures for the scrapbook and I brought the three tapes and, and four books to uh, give to the parish. Uh, I got to sing, like I told you, I was in the choir and I got to sing a small solo Friday at the Bishop's Mass. Um, we, the Gloria was divided into three parts and I got to sing one of the parts, one of the solo parts, which was a nice experience. I've never sung in front of 500 people before. But uh, I came home very tired because we had been up late at night, 12, 1, 2 o'clock, and then getting up at 6 every morning, because I had choir practice at 7.30, eating breakfast at 7. And when we did a skit, our group did a skit one night, which was really cute. A couple of the girls were just real nervous about it, and uh, had to keep getting up and going to the bathroom while we were waiting for our turn. But I was real surprised. I was not in the least bit nervous or anything about... Um, getting up on stage and, and doing my part and skip. Just don't ask me to get up and sing, but you know, I can do anything else. Um, but it was it was really a nice week. I called home Friday night. Well, I called the club because I knew Jim would be at the club Friday. Uh-oh, Trey quit. Because Camilla was having a surprise birthday party for Joe Friday at the club. So I called and got hold of him. Found out he had had the stomach virus. Uh, Thursday night and Friday and had to go to the doctor Friday with it. And, you know, he really felt bad, but by the time I talked to him Friday night, he was recovering. So the same thing happened to him last time I was in Birch's Garden, only the kids had had it too. And as it turned out, the kids did have entree, some diarrhea over the weekend, but they never came down with vomiting or kind of stuff that he had. Uh, so then, oh, I, and I brought you all a postcard. I brought you a postcard while I was there, and I brought my stamps up with me, and I was going to get the postcard mailed off, and I bought one for Shelly. 
I never had five minutes to sit down and fill the postcard out. That's how how busy our schedule was. Whenever I did have some free time, uh, it was choir practice. But I learned a whole lot of new songs out of the glory and praise. That one mother, you know, and he will lift me up on eagle's wings. That one, learned that one. And uh, I was really excited about learning all the songs because I knew we had the hymnals in our church and I could come back and teach the the congregation and everything. But Tim can't find one of the organ books for it because we have two of the Glory and Praise uh, series and he can only find the organ accompaniment for book one. He can't find it for book two. He knows we have it, but he doesn't know where it is. So, and that one Eagle's Wings is in the book two, but we learned some really good songs from that, which I've already started teaching the um, congregation. So enough for conference. Then last week I spent catch up trying to catch up on everything that had happened for the last two weeks while I was gone. And so I'm just now getting out from under that and uh, decided I really needed to get a tape off to you all. I typed Shelley three-page letter last night. Got that off this morning because I hadn't written to her either. I did write Lee and Spencer a short note last week to send um, with their anniversary cards and that's the only writing I've done in ages. Got your tape that you sent um, with Lee and Kristen both on it and then I got, in fact I got that, it was waiting for us when we got back from Heidelberg and I didn't have time to sit down and listen to it until last week. You want a cookie? Just a minute, hold on. So as I was saying, I just got around to listening. Your tape last week made notes and then got two from Lee while I was in Birch's garden. Finally listened to those one day last week too. And uh, made notes I've got to respond to her. Okay, let's see what I've written down here. Of course, now that I'm looking at it, it's <laughs> I shouldn't have been so cryptic because I'm having trouble realizing what I wrote about. Sound like you really had a good time shopping. I had to laugh when Daddy said that, you know, you had $50 still left and you were determined to blow it. Um, I have bathroom problems down here. I guess talking about all the problems y'all have had with your bathroom. You know, we missed hearing about those. I think that's what was on the tape that um, told you there was a blacked out portion there. I think that's what it must have been all about. You said to go ahead and pay you for one picture. Well, how much is one picture? How much do I owe you? Do you want me to just add it to the money that you sent when buying you things? Uh, we are going to, I'm going to Pisa Friday. The um, ladies group from church is going. Father made arrangements to have mass. We're going to get to have it on the high altar and use the organ. I have contacted uh, the girl who plays for the um, Protestant church, Barbara McKennawitz, her husband's Catholic, he's the principal of the elementary school, about playing the organ for us. And I've already picked out the songs and everything, so it really should be a nice mass. I've written up some tour information to give out to all the girls. So we're going to carpool from the chapel and go and have mass at 9.15 Friday morning 